Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in K-Pop. This is your host, Anthea Isid. Hope you're all doing good and staying safe. Well, it's been a very long time and I'm sure you have been waiting for me. I missed you during this time. And to get back to our podcasts and episodes, I have a very good friend whom I got to meet online who shares mutual likings and also passion towards writing. and also a very opinion opinionated person on twitter and it's sayed who is a kpop writer and as i mentioned a kpop tweeter who tweets a lot of things about kpop and if you got to be updated with kpop news and also be fascinated by how can people write such amazing reviews and articles you should definitely be connected with Syed so that's the person i have for this episode welcome hello everyone thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for all that praise wow um my name is Syed i am a freelance journalist and the founder and editor of genius korea which is a community based um team on the biggest lyric website genius and yeah we focus on the korean side of the website and all music released by korean artists so whether it's in korean english japanese if it's done by a korean artist we're probably on it <laughs> yeah and i haven't finished my intro you probably stole my uh, intro part but Oh. I have a few like Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Syed is professionally into pharmacy medicine and passionately in the side of K-pop, yes, K-pop only and that is exactly why he is here. He is a freelance journalist as he mentioned as as I mentioned earlier. He stole my job, but I'm going to repeat it again. <laughs> he is a writer and uh, he writes for the Craze magazine. which uh, i have been contributing for a while and he is also the editor of genius which is one of a very popular site where we go for lyrics and amazing articles and also the the only founder of genius korea where i myself go a million times to check a lots and lots of lyrics like most of my articles i actually give credits to genius korea because uh being a non korean speaking person uh my only source of finding meaning for the songs and uh, being empathetic to the lyrics is through genius korea and i definitely have to mention how many times they have helped me emotionally because only when you understand lyrics you get to enjoy the music uh so that many times in most of my articles and as a writer and as a fan genius korea has helped me uh know what my singers are actually singing so 
that much of a credit goes to you. So thank you so much for bringing Genius Korea. And Genius Korea does not only give you lyrics, but also some amazing reviews. There are freelance writers who work, come together as a community and bring out some awesome reviews and which are quite popular among artists themselves. And they keep track on how their songs perform in this particular platform as well. So such a huge name do I have for this uh, episode. So it's such an honor to have you, Sayed. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, now I finished my intro. Successfully. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much for your time. We know we have been texting about this, uh, making this episode happen. And I mentioned earlier, after a very long break, it was you, your message that brought me back to podcasting. So thank you so much for doing that. And uh, to the listeners who might be uh, familiar with your name by now, but if they are new and if they have to know more about you, can you just give us a little intro to our listeners? Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, as you mentioned, I am a healthcare professional. Uh, that is my day job. Um, currently I am pursuing a master's degree, um, but I've worked in the healthcare system for a very long time now. Um, but yeah, and as well as a hobby and as a passion, um, I started listening to K-pop and I thought if I'm listening to it, why not write about it as well? And so I started pursuing different outlets that would hire somebody like me who might not have like, you know, the traditional journalism background that most people have. And I found amazing platforms. Uh, Craze is one of them. They are an amazing team of people. Um, you already know that. But yeah, like it's been an amazing uh, journey for me to like, you know, just going from a casual listener to really analyzing the music that we listen to and get and looking deeper into um, some of the themes and uh, messages that these songs are um, providing for us. And so that's part of the reason why I joined Genius because not, it's not just a lyric website, it's like you can make annotations to explain the lyric even more and that's what drew me towards it. And I felt like Korean music was like the perfect um, type of music for that kind of thing, because not everything that we hear in K-pop is on the surface level. Like there's a whole bunch of other layers. Um, so yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, and you gave a very amazing <laughs> intro for me. Thank you so much. That was so flattering. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining. And yes, my very first question is, how did your K-pop journey begin? When was the era? What was the year? What were you doing? Can you just share your K-pop journey with us? Yeah, um, I don't remember the year, but it was Lucifer by Shiny. That was my first time watching a K-pop music video. I did not know it was K-pop. I did not know it was Korean. I just knew that it was like, you know, five guys 
dancing and singing in like interesting looking outfits and interesting looking hairstyles. <laughs> um, and then fast forward to obviously Gangnam Style by Sai. Um, I made the connection finally, like, oh, wait, I've heard this language before. And it was with Shiny. But I would say, like, you know, properly getting into K-pop, you know, like following comebacks and like knowing the names and all of that started with EXO in 2013-ish. Um, and that's when I, it was me and my cousin's sister. It sort of became like our thing, like that's like our common thing between us. Mm-hmm. And we started listening to K-pop together and we started learning the names. We had a bias, we had a bias record. We had like, we got into the whole thing. And then slowly I found out what a comeback was <laughs> or what a mini album was or what, you know, all of those like all the lingo of k-pop mm-hmm. so yeah that's been how, that's how it started for me wow that's a beautiful era first of all and did you have nicknames before getting to the names because i remember me and my sister we had nicknames for each member before memorizing their the actual oh yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> i remember the way so the biggest thing as a new K-pop fan is, you know, obviously like trying to recognize who is who, mm, exactly. you know, that's like a really big thing because sometimes the hairstyles are very similar. They're all dressed the same. So it's like really hard to differentiate or so. Um, I remember with Dio from XO, we named him like his lips are heart shaped. And like, mm-hmm. that's how he got popular in the K-pop mm-hmm. verse, I believe. And so that's how we remember it. It's like, okay, he's like the heart-shaped lips one. <laughs> and then <laughs> for Chanyeol, it was kind of easy because he was like, we're, he's the rapper. So <laughs> anytime we saw him, it was like, yeah, that's the rapper. The rapper. Yeah. I named Chanyeol the rapper too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Crazy names. I remember like for Shiny, I haven't. Actually, this is a TMI. I have never spoken about um, the nicknames that make people idols. So first, it was SS Fine of One for us, me and my mm-hmm. sister. And then it was Shiny. And with Shiny, we watched Ring Ding Dong first. So yeah. we were so much into the music video. So we decided to name them according to what they do in the music video. So oh, I... Um, like Onyu sings a lyric and where there is an English word comes bad boy. So we call uh-huh. Onyu bad boy. <laughs> and, and then we had Taemin. Taemin drinks a glass of milk in the MV. So oh we God. call the guy who drinks milk. <laughs> oh my God. And for Ki, he had this pink hair. So the pink hair yeah. guy. And uh, Jonghun is the colored hair one, the main, uh, we call him the main vocal. Mm-hmm. And then Minho was the one person we know uh, because oh, okay. of to the, be- uh, yeah, to the Beautiful View. Oh, the drama. I, the drama. Yeah, yeah. The drama brought us to Shiny and we had the book. And those are the nicknames we had. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, kind of looking back at it, like 
Onyu is like the last person somebody would call like the bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's like exactly. the most decent one in the group. <laughs> the calmest. Yeah, man the calmest, the most composed. You know, the level head. Yeah. <laughs> and we decided to call him the bad boy. You you should check the MV and you can find him. You know, like the camera focuses on him. And he comes out saying "bad boy." So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the music video, but it's been a while. So yeah, yeah, we'll definitely yeah. revisit that. Yeah. <laughs> that that was really a fun uh, TMI. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> going back, so what was the actual group that pulled you into K-pop? You mentioned EXO, but how did you find EXO then? Oh, that's an interesting question because mm-hmm. so. Me and my sister, we were really into this YouTube series called Teens React, and okay. it's this. Uh, um, the channel was called Fine Brothers, and they did lots of like they just pulled lots of random videos on the internet, and they had like teens react to those videos or kids react videos, and so see, we saw one of the episodes which had K-pop, like some like reacting to K-pop. And overdose by EXO was one of the videos that they showed, and so we watched the video and we were like, "Oh my god, this is like, what is this?" Everything was so new to us. Like, I had never seen choreography like that. I had never seen so many group, so many members in a group before. So we ended up watching the actual music video, and I clearly remember this. When we went on the actual music video on YouTube, the comment section was filled with people being like, "Who's here from the Fine Brothers?" You know the mm-hmm. video, and like fans from that time um, were like, "Okay, if you're you're not like authentic fan, if you're coming from a different source," and I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, like I was just so blown away by the colors, the choreography. They all looked amazing, and yeah, it was just like a sensory overload. I guess you could say, like it's just like visually and sonically, and like it was just really good. So that was sort of the entry point, and then we mm-hmm. followed Fine Brothers for a while to see what other music videos they show mm-hmm. whenever they did K-pop. Um, I remember they did uh, Girls' Generation, they did Orange Caramel. Um, I believe they at some point they finally got to BTS. So, but by that time I was already like, okay, I need them to react to this group, this group, this group, <laughs> because I already knew the K-pop mm. sphere by that time. So yeah, and then it sort of became like my thing with my cousin. You know, we have an age gap between us, and so it kind of became our thing. You know, like, mm-hmm. and whenever I texted her, we would always talk about K-pop. So it became like that bonding thing as well, which was really special to me. So, yeah, that's beautiful. So EXO's overdose became that overdose. Yes, <laughs> I've never <laughs> thought of that, but yes. <laughs> oh, she wants it. So Syed wants K-pop <laughs> thanks to overdose. Yep. Wow, that's that's. A lovely one. And I remember EXO was also one of my very initial groups that brought me into K-pop. And my first MV with EXO was Monster. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Like I was fed with such bubbly concepts or simple ones with shiny and when mm-hmm. I entered Excel I remember me and my sister we were ready for a new group like we were bold enough to get into a new language and uh, yeah. this mystery, mysterious thingy so we clicked it and one of my friend was also a fan of Excel so we decided to watch it so and I remember the monster and we you have a fight in coming in the mm-hmm. yeah 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 i got fighting and i decided to escape that envy immediately <laughs> and then i went back to some of the oh, colorful okay. envies and i kind of found call me baby yeah so you know, like accidentally call me baby became my first envy because i was too scared of snakes scars and bleds because bled because like shiny never showed you that they are yeah, all fun yeah, they don't yeah. they don't show you actual bled and yeah uh, remember me getting frightened with exos python and then there's infinite who's showing some real bled oh, action <laughs> i was young oh, and i was like exposed to all this uh, bled yeah. on and now i got used to it so i remember monster yeah monster era mm-hmm. was interesting because up until then i mean they had never had like a bubbly concept with exo they have never mm-hmm. done like a cutesy like more yeah. really colorful concept but monster was like really dark mm-hmm. especially coming from mm-hmm. like call me maybe call me baby and love mm-hmm. me right to monster it, it was like a very big shift in their style um and i remember that era because that's when i found out what a repackaged album mean, meant because they released <laughs> monster and they released um lucky one which was like a dual single thing and then mm-hmm. not even like 3 or 4 months later they released lotto which was the repack of the album and i was like wait they just had a comeback <laughs> what is going on and that's when i wow. realized oh so lotto is just like two new songs on the original mm-hmm. album and it's called a repackaged album <laughs> can that make sense <laughs> But, wow i i was very you know, like i was in a mature during that time i was just watching the music yeah. videos downloading the mp3 illegally and listening to <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't have been that but yes i did that too <laughs> initially like we were kids we didn't know yeah. that was not supposed to yeah. so <laughs> k2n long that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> mine was bit to mp3 you paste the video oh you paste the youtube and then it comes uh, yeah, i know that i know that <laughs> <laughs> wow that's that's a journey yeah so um wow how how far we have come now we stream everything on spotify I know. Very legal and authentic fans now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, talking about K-pop, we can clearly see how much you love K-pop and how the journey began. And you did give a glimpse on how you started writing, but when was the exact time when you decided that you have to write? Were you interested in writing before or did you start writing because you wanted to express your love for K-pop? Yeah, so it's interesting because I started writing 
not about K-pop. When I started, mm-hmm. I was in high school and one of my teachers, so we had to like select extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. And one of my teachers recommended like, why don't you join the newspaper, the school newspaper? Mm-hmm. And I was a very shy kid because that, at that time I had just moved to the US. I did not know the language or the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have that many friends. So I thought maybe newspaper will be like a good way to you know get mm-hmm. to know more people. I don't really have to talk much. It's all going to be writing. Um, And so I started writing and it was more of like, you know, just writing about, it was always about arts and like entertainment Mm -hmm. and culture and stuff like that. I never wanted to do any like hardcore news or sports or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it was more, more of like, you know, some art class in our school, like did a project. So I wrote about that. And I had all, like, I wrote for the school newspaper for, like, three years um, for the time I was there. Then I got into university. I decided to apply for the university newspaper. And I started doing album reviews for mm-hmm. pop albums, like Ariana Grande mm-hmm. and Sia and Adele. And it was during that time I started really getting into K-pop. Like, I started, like, watching music videos regularly. I was keeping up with, like, you know, stage performances and stuff like that. And that's when I realized, like, why not write about K-pop? Because Mm -hmm. not many people know about it. So I wrote this article in university, like, get to know K-pop kind of thing. And one of my English composition professors, she, she saw, she read the article. She was like, this is amazing like I had no, I didn't know about this world and like this is like really cool um you know like really cool little niche um that you can like really tap into and so that's when I was like okay I, and I, that's when I also joined the genius in a, like a soft way I started exploring the mm-hmm. website a little bit and stuff like that um but two years ago I took a gap year And that's when I was like, I want to actually explore and pursue K-pop writing. And that's when I got into touch with Craze. That's when we started Genius Korea. And that's when like everything sort of kicked off. (laughs) Wow. That's that's a lovely journey. So how is your K-pop writing so far? How are you enjoying this journey as a writer? Um, It's good. It's like a love-hate relationship because I feel like when I enjoy like enjoy writing it, I I'm like really into the song or the music video. I really enjoyed it. I'm writing about it. It's really good. But then sometimes it's like you just have to cover the artist. You have to write the article. And it's like, do I really want to do it? And I mean, it's not because like I don't like the song or anything. It's just like sometimes when it becomes a job. I feel like that's when it gets like tiring. Um, as long as it stays, it stays like a hobby, I'm like, I'm good. But yeah, I mean, it's good. It's not. I'm not complaining. <laughs> but yeah. Wow, that's lovely. So you have been in the K-pop scene for a very long time, and mm-hmm. we spoke about how we first listened to songs. So that yeah. shows how much you have traveled through. Uh, different groups, the debuts, yeah. and 
the fan culture evolving and uh, shaping itself in different ways through the years. So how do you think that K-pop and K-pop fans have evolved? And since you also wrote about K-pop in a very, very uh, initial time during your school, how, how did your readers react? Um, and can you just yeah. bring out the story? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like when I first started, um, which was, can't believe it, it's like almost 10 years ago, started listening to K-pop, I feel like it was very much a niche, you know, like not many people were talking about it. If people were talking about it, it was like a very like hush-hush thing. Like, you know, people didn't really want to outwardly express that they are a K-pop fan. And personally, me as well, like I did not want to be in a social like place where I would like actively say like, oh yeah, I listen to Korean music. Um, that was like a really weird thing to say, <laughs> I feel like back then. But as slowly, I feel like, I mean, BTS has a lot to do with this and their sort of, you know, breakthrough mm-hmm. success in the US has a lot to do with this. But um, people started to know more about just the idea of like what K-pop is. Like, you know, if, if like, for example, my parents, if I tell them what K-pop is, they at least know that it's, Korean pop music like they mm-hmm. won't know anything else about it but they at least know what it like what it stands for and so I feel like we have, we've started seeing more and more people who at least know what k-pop is and um are open to the idea of like okay yeah it's pop music it's probably catchy it's probably you know colorful as pop music usually is mm-hmm. um and so, I mean, I have gotten to a point where I openly tell people that, yeah, I am a K-pop fan. I write about K-pop, you know, professionally as well. And I mean, in like professional settings, I have, I have gone to like interviews and stuff and I've told them that I like K-pop and I write about K-pop. Mm-hmm. And the feedback that I receive is, oh my God, that is so cool. Like I could have never imagined that 10 years ago, like somebody said, telling me like, oh my God, that is so cool that you listen to K-pop. Now it's like, oh my God, like I, and they always tell, you know, tell me like, oh, I love BTS too. And I love Blackpink too. And I'm like, there's a lot more to K-pop, but that's an amazing answer for me. Like, I love, love that. So yeah, I mean, the fan culture has definitely evolved where um, I feel like fans are more open about their mm-hmm. love for K-pop people are not hiding away and shying away from it. And I love that. Um, and it's because people are more accepting. People are more um, open to the idea that you can listen to a music music in a, in a language that you might not really understand. So, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I would say it's not just 10 years ago, even Three years ago, Mm -hmm. I was trying to explain to my friends that I want to focus only on K-pop, writing only about K-pop. People were never able to understand. They felt that K-pop is a very small niche, like it's a narrow end and you don't have so much to write about it. But now they understand how many groups there are and how many things there are to be discussed and where even writers like us, we are 
actually missing out a lot more things than we expect. <laughs> oh my god, that is like one of so, our biggest struggles. <laughs> yeah. Keeping track with the groups, exactly. So, and especially when you want to write about a particular music, be critical about it. You should also know about the other artists and their style of music. So, yeah. then only you can compliment or at least argue your point. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting because for just a general pop music writer, mm-hmm. they can focus on Ariana Grande. or Taylor Swift. You know, they can focus on one artist and like the article will be about Taylor Swift. But mm-hmm. when you are a K-pop writer, I feel like people club Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, K-pop. You know, they put mm-hmm. all these Korean artists in this mm-hmm. little box called K-pop. So mm-hmm. it's So it becomes very hard to explain that no that's not accurate you have mm-hmm. to differentiate there is bts there is exo there is got seven there is blackpink like these are different artists and there are like thousand more just like them mm-hmm. you know and so k-pop writers do struggle a lot with that i feel like <laughs> yeah exactly So that moves on to my next question that is personally uh, I just wanted to ask you this question you know like how do you think that being a fan is helpful or you know like even more helpful or an advantage when you are being a professional writer as well like how your fanboy part you being a fan mm. to be, help you when it comes to writing and being a professional writer does it help yeah and if it i i think yeah. it does help because i mean i have gotten you know the typical hateful comments of like oh you're not professional journalist or whatever mm-hmm. you know um and i think i bring in an interesting perspective and i honestly think like you know when and we've seen this happen multiple times where people who have no idea what k-pop is or have like never listened mm-hmm. to a, a korean song besides gangnam style and they write about k-pop and they have literally no idea where this artist is coming from what their journey has been what their concept is or anything mm-hmm. like that and k-pop is so multi-layered so multi-dimensional that you have to know where this artist is coming from you have to know what their background is what their training years were like you have to know their concept for this current album you have to understand that this song this lyric that you might think is really random is situated in this concept at large you know and i think fans bring in that perspective of they know what the concept mm-hmm. is you know they know that this choice of hair color makes sense because mm-hmm. of the concept that they're situated in or this era that they are in right now you know i have seen like so many reviews where people are like this song sounds terrible you know it had like a really typical edm drop or whatever it's like a very basic pop song and then i listen to the song and i realize like it is there is a drop but there is a reason for that drop you know there is this weird english korean lyric 
in the song, in the chorus, but it is because of this reason. So I feel like when you start putting that into the writing and an actual publication publishes something like that, fans feel like, you know, some, finally somebody gets it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like they're just writing about like a surface level, like, oh, this pink haired guy is singing about love. You know, like I have gotten so many comments like, oh my God, finally somebody understands the concept. Somebody got the point of this whatever (laughs) random thing it was in the music video or something. So I think, yeah, I think fans bring in a really interesting perspective. Obviously there is the issue of bias. You know, as a K-pop fan, you're more inclined to enjoy the song than hate the song and be critical about it. But I think you just have to find a balance for it. You just have to, you know, um, realize that sometimes it's okay to be critical. Sometimes uh, it is, uh, um, but it's also like important to how you're presenting your criticism. And um, not to be harsh. Yeah, not to be harsh and not to be just like blatantly like, you know, this is this is not good, you know. You have to understand like what the whole, you have to look at the bigger picture and then see if it's a, is it good or is it not good. Objectively, yeah, okay, maybe a song is not good, but you have to look at the bigger picture. So yeah, and I f- think fans really do a good, really, do, do a really good job of that. Yeah. And very beautifully said. Thank you for this lovely yeah. answer. <laughs> I sort of, I think I sort of rambled on. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, believe in K-pop is the best place to ramble about K-pop. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, moving on to the next phase of your life, that is Genius Korea. So, how did mm-hmm. that journey begin? Like, you again, you gave a glimpse. But uh, we would love to know details of what what was the enlightening point where yeah. you decided that this might be the right time to start. Yeah, I mean, Genius Korea was like a soft start. It had a soft start and then it had like a proper start. So the soft start was basically Genius as a publication and a website. Mm-hmm. Um, they do these... Um, best off list you know like the best albums of the year and best songs of the year and I remember um somebody we were we had this like really long discussion of the songs and albums that need to be nominated and somebody in the thread said that they put my username and they said oh they're probably going to nominate some Korean songs and at that point I hadn't thought of that and Mm -hmm. but but I was like wait, that makes sense. Why not? So I ended up nominating um, BTS because I thought, you know, they're the most known. They are, they're going to probably have a good chance of like, you know, with other people supporting the idea of including BTS. And so we did that. Um, The staff, the genius staff ranks the list of everything, all the songs and albums from one to like 50, I believe. And Mm -hmm. BTS landed at number five on this genius website, which is a hip hop centric. It was made because Eminem dropped a rap song that nobody knew the lyrics to. Like, this is a very hardcore hip hop community. Like, even pop songs, like popular pop songs don't make it to these lists. 
and BTS did. So I was like, wow, this has never happened. <laughs> and a lot of people got a lot of people got really excited in the comments saying, like, oh my God, BTS is on the list. You know, this is such a big deal. Um, and, and at that time, BTS was like slowly picking up the pace with uh, their popularity and um, the Billboard Music Awards and all, all, all of that stuff. Um, so that was a soft start. I started contributing to more Korean pages. I started advocating for more Korean songs. We ended up getting Blackpink on those lists. We ended up getting mm-hmm. Baekhyun from EXO. Um, there was a point where we got Akmu which is like a completely non-mainstream, like nobody knows who, in, especially in the US, no, yeah. like nobody knows who they are. Um, and so, yes, that was the slow start. And then two years ago, um, B- one of the BTS dropped an album and the pages were like ridiculously hot. Like they were getting like millions of views um, on Genius and it was chaos. It was chaos everywhere. The staff did not know Korean. They did not know if the lyrics were accurate. They did not know, you know, they did not know how to organize this. You know, who's the songwriter? Who's the producer of this song? Like the credits were all over the place. And so they decided that they needed a leader in this community of extremely popular songs. And they nominated me, which was such an honor. (laughs) Um, So I was promoted to a moderator on the website. And you need to be a moderator to officially start like an international community on Genius. So we got our own forum. We got our own little like email, um, which is which is from like the Genius domain. And um, slowly and slowly, like more contributors who were just casually contributing to the website on Korean pages started coming together on this forum. I made like an introductory thread to introduce myself and to introduce if anybody wants to join. And we started thinking like, you know, um, what if new users, you know, completely new users want to join Genius Korea? Like, what do we need to do? So we started like writing up guidelines and like a source for all the resources for Korean music, how to romanize songs, how to, um, like, where do you find the song credits? You know, we, we introduced Melon, the music platform, to a lot of mm-hmm. genius, um, a lot of genius users who might not know that. Um, and obviously, I started the Twitter account because I thought K-pop is the biggest on Twitter. So let's start doing that. And yeah, it's just it just went from there. <laughs> And now we have, so when, I, when we started, I was the only moderator. Um, and now we have a team of five moderators that I have promoted up from like in the hierarchy of users. Um, and yeah, we all contribute to different aspects of the community management, so to say. Yeah. Wow, that's really beautiful. And artists also recognizing it is very huge so how did you feel about it oh my god it's like the best feeling in the world (laughs) i remember um so that's the fun part about living in the u.s is Mm -hmm. most things that happen in asia are when i'm sleeping and i remember this one time my 
I woke up and my Twitter DMs were like blowing up and we have a Discord server for Genius Korea. So everybody was like tagging me, tagging me. And I was like, what is going on? And turns out that 10 from NCT had reposted like a chart that we do on his Instagram mm-hmm. story. And all of my team members were all just like, oh my God, like, can you please come online and like freak out with us? And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's like anytime that happens, like no matter who the artist is, big or small, it's just like, wow. Like mm-hmm. somebody in the industry, like a professional knows about us. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Of course, you guys are huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So um, now, with 2022 almost, you know, like we are mm-hmm. in a bit. And what are possibly personally your plans for 2022 as a writer and founder of Genius Korea? Yeah, um, it's been an ex- weird slash exciting year. Um, Genius Korea really started getting more um recognizable um i remember i was in this twitter spaces and i introduced myself and i said oh i run this little thing called genius korea and somebody on the speaking panel who's like you know they have a phd and they have like they have been writing for like ages and ages and they were like you are not running a little thing like genius korea like you're running a big a really big thing mm-hmm. like Genius Korea. And they like they went on and they s- said something like, um, you know, I said like, oh, we have like 15,000 followers, which is a big deal for us. And they were like, well, it's not just 15,000 people looking at your work. It's a lot more than that. And so it's just like, we have gotten too big for our own heads sometimes, <laughs> you know? Um, sometimes we feel like, oh my God, it's like too much to handle. Um, but then you get like one nice comment and it's like, it's all worth it. You know, it's all worth (laughs) everything. Like all the hate comments that we get, all the mistakes that we have made. Um, it's all worth it. And we recently got invited to Stray Kids press showcase, which was like, oh my God, this is not happening. (laughs) Um, wow such a big deal they're like a big three group and like we never thought that that would happen we got invited to g idols press showcase um we did tempest who was like a date who who they just Mm -hmm. debuted a couple of um, weeks ago um so yeah we have got started getting like a lot more of these press related um things we get like press releases almost every day on our email um and yeah it's been amazing uh for the year ahead I guess for me personally I'm focusing more on because I am also in a full-time master's program um I'm focusing more on just like the management side of Genius Korea I'm not actively writing per se Mm -hmm. um but I'm just focusing on you know everything else is working in the way they're supposed to be working um and because it's a volunteer team, you know, you have to recognize mm-hmm. that everybody has a day job. Everybody has something else they need to do um, that takes higher priority, rightfully so. 
And so just managing and just sort of, you know, telling people like, it's okay, you can take your time. You don't need to get this article like right now. You can take your time, it's fine. Um, and we are also pursuing a lot more press opportunities mm -hmm. with artists and uh, pub, you know, publications, um, other platforms, you know, collaborating with them, stuff like that. So yeah, that's <laughs> what we are hoping to do. Um, there are a lot more comebacks coming, so we're really excited for that. <laughs> July yeah. is gonna be busy. <laughs> Okay, got that. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to uh, today's episode. While editing, I just found out that we have literally spent one and a half hours talking about K-pop and a lot more. So I decided to split this episode into two. And what you have just heard is part one. So stay tuned for part two. And uh, you know, like I apologize for this poor audio. I just decided to quickly record this and let you know about this two parts for this interview uh, do make sure to keep an eye on part two which will be dropping soon in the upcoming weeks and i just wanted to wish you all the best for this new week um, do make sure to spread love and be loved do follow us on our social media platforms do let us know how much you have enjoyed this episode and yes, thank you so much for your support. Meet you next week. Thank you. This is Amtia. Bye. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.